Welcome to one more edition of Politics on Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Look, well, let, let, let me introduce our wondrous guest first before I tell you how we met. Catherine Pugh is an American author and attorney. She has published several anthologies on race engagement in America and on defects and cures in American policing. Ms. Pugh is a former adjunct professor at Temple University of Japan and a law professor of Temple Abizri School of Law. She served with the Department of Justice, Civil Rights Division, mm -hmm. Special uh, Litigation Section, and was a public defender in the state of Maryland. Ms. Pugh is currently writing her first book, BS, Burden Shifting, because ending racism was never the assignment. Ms. Pugh, Catherine Pugh, thank you so kindly for being here on Politics Done Right. Thank you for having me. Well, let me tell you, Ms. Pugh, um, first of all, um, I, I met you on a Twitter chat discussing something as simple as the right. slap, the slap heard around right. the world. And I am not really sure if, um, if we were in disagreement or what, but I told you after seeing, you had some extensive discussions there and I just wanted to pick your brain and see what you thought about what actually occurred okay. and, and then what it really means. Okay. And so I, I want to start with um, saying that I think where we were talking about, where we were, was who can engage? How does that engagement happen? You know, what makes that engagement um, valuable? Okay. And that's sort of where we met around that topic. But the, of course, as you said, the topic was the slap, right? And so as we all know, Will Smith um, slapped Chris Rock, it sort of put the nation in a bit of a tailspin. And I, I hear people saying, oh, you know, let's talk about something more important. Um, we have, you know, Senate confirmations for the Supreme Court, and we have, uh, you, you, you know, all kinds of interesting things going on in the world, uh, warring with Ukraine and we're not us, uh, Russia. And so why don't we talk about those important things? And I just want to pull that back just a little bit and, and re-anchor this as important. Okay. And so in and of itself, the one event is important, but what we do with it is hugely consequential. Okay. And what we're talking about doing now with it is, uh, you know, sort of a put everybody in the ring and have a fight the other side of an outcome. And I think that we are really on the on the brink of, of being very dangerous. I think when we have a great opportunity to stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's happening here? Okay, we saw an act of violence. I, I mean, everybody sort of has to walk their papers out and say, I disagree with the act of violence. I'm among those people, uh, a, a very early disagreeer. Um, but I'm also really, really locked into a fair and consistent response, right? Not an emotional one, not a, uh, you know, fantastical, retweetable one, but a fair and consistent response. We're not getting that. We're not getting that reception. We're getting a lot of energy and a lot of anger and a lot of, you know, thrown to the wolves. But we really need to take a step back and go, well, what do we normally do here? And can we do that again? Or is something else necessary? We have to have that conversation. Why is it important? Why is it of national importance? Because we typically, um, when we have to make these decisions about bad behavior in the country, we typically make them more aggressively when the bad actor is of color, less aggressively 
when the bad actor is not. I like to say we learn of our tolerance in our judicial system when we have a white defendant. We do. We learn about nuance. We learn about this is what happened and this was the history and this is why all of this mattered. We learn about teeth when the, the, the person on the other end is someone of color, a bifurcated system of accountability. I'm not doing that. Everything that you've said there, I agree with. And, in, 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 and, and what you said there, I think that it's so important that uh, when you made the statement about if you want to know the compassion of our system, see how first it treats a white defendant, et cetera. Um, with that all together, I think the portion of the conversation that probably was not very um, understanding in, that I came out with was I said, for all practical purposes, I just wanted to say he was wrong, but I didn't really care about it because right. my concern was that had Chris Rock been a white, uh, a, a white comedian, would our good old Will Smith do the same thing? I don't know. I don't have the answer, but mm -hmm. I just know that it, my gut feeling is that it would have been unlikely. And then I also said within the context of your discussion, I said, but I'm a political activist. When I see Will Smith invest in right. those things that you work right. for and others work for, right. then maybe I'll have a more vested interest. I want you to tell me what I should, you know, why I should give a little bit mm. more rationale behind it. I think we're in a very risky place if we start deciding who we're going to apply uh, a response to fairly based on how we feel about them. And that's exactly where we are. That's exactly why our system sort of fails us, because that's what's already happening. What I want for me, what I task you with is not having to have a precondition in order to treat humanity. I mean, I know we touched on, I don't want to, want to lose two points that you raised. Um, and one is that questions to you about how Will Smith would have performed if Chris Rock was white, right? I have real questions about that. Um, for the same reason, are you making up different rules for depending on who's on the other end? And, you know, I think that we are probably in lockstep about where we think this would have landed if, it, if Chris Rock was white. Putting that aside, uh, the other thing is that Chris Rock himself um, was extraordinary in his response. And I have to keep saying that. I mean, I, and it's not, it has nothing to do with whether we're, what we're going to do with Will and, and those things. But we're so focused on this lack of control by Will Smith. No one is looking at this Herculean effort by Chris Rock. I'm going to tell you something. I need you to find, count how have been slapped. Not just slapped, not just in a room, but in front of all the world, so to speak, and just held it together. We're talking about all of it, right? We're talking about the spectrum. I am glad that you centralized on Chris Rock. I, I, I wanted to centralize on Chris Rock because I thought that was the example to be seen, that, that somebody, uh, you know, an aggressive, he, he dispelled the notion of the angry black man and the black man without self-control. That's one. Blasted, okay? as, as did Jada. Both of them were like, well, this is how the business goes. Let's keep it moving. Right. You know? And number two, so. here we have the Oscar, the first time put on by a black producer, as I understand, black mm -hmm. writers, etc. And we have a Will Smith that couldn't control his emotions. And right. you follow what you, you see where I'm going. It, it, it is right. like right. of all the times you look to misbehave is at that point in time. And, you know, this is a perfect segue into where we um, 
we began our conversation because my uh, insistence is to constantly pull it back, re-anchor it, right, into what's going on. I mean, I, I, everyone has an opinion, right? But if I need, I need to hear, from, I need to hear informed opinions. Otherwise, what we're hearing is just a reaction. And so all of the reactions were sort of explosive and extreme. And, and I'm really uncomfortable with how comfortable we are at looking at the, the whole thing and picking out the, the fantastical, the bombastic, right? And that being the narrative. And so I'm pulling it back every time. I'm pulling it back when we talk about Will Smith over Chris Rock. I'm pulling it back when we talk about expulsion over you know, precedent. I'm pulling it back because we're not going to be fantastical when, uh, when the bad actor and I, I mean, that's a sort of a legal phrase, the bad actor, uh, so to speak. And I don't mean his Will right, Smith is right. a bad, right. Okay. And so we're not going to be fantastical. And, and that's a way of life we can't afford to live. And I think we specifically landed on, um, the question was, I think there was a comment that was, well, I'm hearing a lot of white comedians jump in and, uh, you know, on the slap. And I find that gross. There was a, a, a comment yeah, on Twitter. Meaning. Yes. Right. Okay. And so um, you, you had a, a sort of a, a range of responses, but, but in there, when we sort of drilled down to the question of white pylon, that's, that's where I'm pulling back and going, stop. I'd really like us to do this the normal way. Right. And so when we talk about white pylon, why is that a problem? Historically, we have learned that, um, as I said, I think we have a very disparate system of accountability when it's a black person or a person of color versus a white person. And and invariably. All right. Overwhelmingly, those systems of accountability are navigated, controlled, moved through white spaces. And so I want to be careful not to say uh, there can be no white participation. I'm going to insist on informed participation. And I'm going to say we very often find a combination of uninformed participation and bombastic participation when the focus is black. And so we're finding that here. And I, I, those are the things I am saying, I think we need to stop and pay attention because I think we're about to go off the rails when this is, these are not new issues for the Oscars. Um, they're not, they're not new issues for the Academy. We're not discovering anything. So we don't need to discover some new rules because the person is Will Smith. We've seen violence uh, in the Academy. We've seen assault during an Academy <laughs> presentation. We've seen, uh, you know, a, a case of violence where, but for the intervention of six armed men, a woman would have been, um, uh, I, I, I don't know what, I don't want to describe what I'm speaking of, of um, oh my God, John Wayne, John Wayne, uh, you know, J there was a point where John Wayne was back on the stage and there was a presenter who was very angry about, he was storming the stage, it took six people to bring him down, that person had to be walked off of the stage after, you know, her comment, and and protected by those people to keep from being physically harmed. We're not new about this. Let's not act brand new. Let's go back to precedent and see how we handle it. 
I, I guess, first of all, I have to tell you that you just told me things that I absolutely didn't know. I was just informed of all these. As you can see, I'm not the person that watches the Academy or the Oscars or anything. All I saw was somebody <laughs> slap somebody. Right. So that, that is what it's. But now that I know that, I'm informed. Uh, as far as... Right. Right. So I'm informed of that now, and I think that is necessary. Now, yesterday, or I think over the weekend, Tiffany Cross, somebody I love. I love her show. I blog her show. I do a whole lot with her show. Um, but she sort of made some news yesterday when she said no white person needs to comment on this. And I, it, it, that kind of took me aback where um, I, I, wanted, I wanted to know if we should not cater that message differently because I don't know if it's a fear assessment. You tell me being the expert. Taylor, in a very, very similar message, but my message is just a tad bit more nuanced. What I say is, if you have not, if you did not care about, if you did not engage in questions of violence and you're made and listen and ask more questions than make more statements. And I think, you know, if I find somebody who is, um, if I find somebody who is new at it, there's an author named Johnny Silvercloud. He wrote an article that said to the effect, we can't tell white people not to participate in this conversation because, you know, the, we can't tell white actors, it was his specific uh, piece on Medium, we can't tell white actors not to participate. And I engaged in that article because I'm not exactly uh, sure that that's comprehensive enough. What we can do is we can say, brand new people need not apply. If we're being brand new about it, you need not apply. We, I don't know that it's fair to say all white people are brand new about it, but I do know that it is fair to say we as a country, uh, race is dip, deeply embedded in our psyche, deeply embedded in ways that we don't fully know and have not explored and don't understand. What we do know is, there's a, a huge disparity when there's a white evaluator of a black bad actor. There's a huge disparity, and that's that's sort of a non-negotiable. And so I think for a for a while as a country, we have to stop and go, we know this is a problem because we all know it's a problem. How do you fix this problem? This is how. We stop and say, hold on, we know this specific flow is a problem. And so before we you know, before there's this free participation by everyone, I need to see your bona fides. I need to see that you cared about this before today. Because if you didn't, then I'm not really sure why you your contribution is should be valuable now. It's an uninformed contri contribution. It's a also called a reaction. And so we since we know that happens, if you want to weigh in, have you cared before? If you want to impose consequences, what were those patterns before, right? Opinions aren't valuable, informed opinions are. And I think that that's a shortcut way. I think to, when, when you hear things like white folks need not participate, it's a shortcut way to say, hold on, I don't quite, I can't take it on faith that you're going to come at this with um, fairness and reasonableness and balance, not because of what I've seen with you personally, but because of what we have learned historically. We're at the point where maybe for the next couple of, maybe for the next century, we need to pause a little bit. And when we're going to, to engage on something or land on something, 
I need to see that you should be participating, not that you want to participate in a lynch mob. I think that is a nuance that, um, especially in these times, it's a nuance that I think needs to be articulated because like I said, um, my friend, uh, when, when uh, Tiffany said it, you know, the first thing that happened to me was like, oh, I don't know how that is going to go across because that is then going to, be, that is now going to become the, the discourse as opposed to the underlying thing that we need to discuss. You know, the nuance that you brought out, I, I think it's important because also within your nuance also says, Candace Owens need not apply. Okay. And so the thing about the nuance is it says anybody who's brand new needs not apply. Right. Right. And, and, That's what, yeah. and so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't stop at the identity of the, 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 the brand new person, but we cannot weed out the identity because we do know, I don't think it's a debate unless you know, you'd like to have that debate. I don't think it's a debate about the disparity when the evaluator is white and the bad actor is of color. I don't think that's a debate. I think we have to then, if unless we want to continue to see that, how do you undo that? How do you address it? How, we don't keep saying, well, let's just all get along. We've been saying that for 400 years, right? That, that sort of language has been in just about every, every presidential inauguration you know, speech, inaugural speech since the beginning of time. That has taken us as far as it's going to take us. We are an informed, we are a learned, we are an intelligent, we are an active uh, nation, and we are ready to go to the next step. And the next step is everything we've done so far has gotten us here. But this doesn't seem to be able to take us over this hump. What's the hump? This disparity. How do you deal with the disparity? We step it back and we go, hold on. I want to see what you're suggesting because I'd like to see if it's within the range of precedent or are we inventing precedent? And I'd like to see your papers. Is this something that you are invested in because of the issue or because of the person? And those Things are the things that must be considered for quite some time until we as a country can go, I feel comfortable that we're going to be making decisions based on the behavior, right? Based on the social rules. We don't have that comfort now as a country and there's no way to get it without engaging on race. There's absolutely no way. The beautiful thing is that the way to do it doesn't eclipse, doesn't exclude anyone by race it doesn't include anyone by race we make a rule and we follow what we're expecting which is one rule fully applied across the board so as long as we apply that rule a lot of people are going to be filtered out naturally because of their predilections right and so i think that's where she was going i can't really trust you to be fair because history teaches us that that that's not the case. And that history teaches that there's a reaction here versus informed behavior here. And we wanna stop history. How do we stop that process? Here's a simple way to say it, no white people participate. But behind that, what it means is we are not discovering brand new today. And so we wanna see that you have, have really earned the right to participate in this conversation. And I say that often to people. You haven't really earned the right to have that conversation with me. I am not the teacher. I am the test. 
right? You can go talk to your friends, you can go talk to the internet to learn the foundational stuff, but it doesn't appear that you have invested in this before. And I'm not, you know, we're not, we don't start your investment with your participation. You start your investment like everyone does with your learning. Um, and so I think that's where she's coming from. And I support it aggressively. I don't support, I won't ever say, you can't have a conversation because you're white. I will say, you got to have a conversation that you are vetted for. Otherwise, I need you on the bench. I need you learning before you're talking. Everyone should be saying that across the board, right? And I, so, so that is my understanding of the point. It's, it's, it's a simpler way to say it. It's, it's also a more inflammatory way to say it. And it's an easy way to get derailed, which is why I don't say it. I'm not going to um, sort of chase the, you know, not my monkey, not my circus. So I'm not going to chase extra issues. But I will back that one. I will back it and say, all right, if you like the explanation, here it is, right? Here is why. What are you teaching us about how this works? Are you asking me to go person by person to take you on faith, knowing what we know, to allow participation, to potentially have that skew the process at my risk because you want to participate without having earned that pro the, the right to do so. Now, if you just want to have a conversation and, and you want to blow it off, go do it over there. Don't come into this forum where we're looking to move something forward so that you can vent. And an opinion is not valuable and an informed opinion is. Miss Pugh, and that is the reason that I wanted you on the program. I, 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 thank you. And I, I appreciate that because let me give you an example with the Academy, okay? So with the Academy, you have Bill Cosby, right? And you know, Bill Cosby was convicted in April of 2018 of, of um, sexual assault of, of a, a woman, a specific woman. And then uh, April, 2018, he was convicted. May, 2018, he was ejected from the Academy, right? Uh, at the same time, on the same day, <laughs> In the same action, the Academy also ejected Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski, however, had years committed back. his acts, not just years, 1977 is yeah. when he was originally charged, 1978, right, is when he entered a plea uh, for, he had six counts, five were dismissed if, in a plea bargain. Roman Polanski, when it, when it became aware that that perhaps the, that the judge who agreed to the, the plea uh, the sort of the conditions of the plea, they're not bound, they're just sort of, uh, judges are just sort of informed and they don't really have to be locked in. When, when Mr. Clancy got the, was, became aware that the, the judge was not going to adhere to that, boom, he was gone. He got on a foot plane to London and eventually ended up in France, right? And so that case is actually still not resolved, but he remained a member of the Academy. Not just did he remain a member he won. He was. He won while he was on the lamb. <laughs> he yeah. won while he was in the wind, right? And so nothing changed with Roman Polanski from the time Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby's acts were in two thousand four. Okay, and so from nothing changed from seventy seven to two thousand four. Nothing changed from two thousand four to two thousand eighteen. But what did happen was a brother committed the act. Now you know what Roman Polanski did. Roman Polanski drugged and raped a 13-year-old child, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and, and this is this is not an Olympic uh, who's more, but we're not going to pretend that that was, that was a difficult call to make, right, right? Right, And so nothing happened in between those things. It's just that 
the academy was had discovered accountability, had discovered propriety and moral turpitude and right and wrong, and Bill had to go. Uh oh. And well, so had to go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So you get the teeth versus the tolerance, and there could be no stronger way to say this is what happens. The academy, thank you very much, said we also do it. Oops, right? And so now we know, instead of just jumping in and do it again, let's slow down and say, what's the standard? What's the expected behavior? What's the range of consequences? Now let's apply them. And if you want to depart from that range, I need you to make that case out loud, right? If you, if the departure is, oh, you know, well, it happened on the awards. Okay, well, I have it here. It happened on the awards too. I actually have multiple uh, events that happened on the Academy during the during the Academy Awards. And so if that's the rule, then everyone needs to follow the rule and they all have to go. Are we okay with that? No. Well, then what's the difference? Is it violence, you know, an assault? Well, I've got multiple examples of assault during the Academy, after the Academy. If that's the rule, absolutely. Will Smith has to go and so does everyone else. Are we comfortable with that? All right. That's all we want. In fact, I'm not even landing on what I'd like to see happen. I yield the floor. I'm anything, absolutely anything you can live with, I can live with too, right? As long as we're all living with it. I need the rule. I need it to be applied currently. And if you're, if you're going to apply it retroactively, if you're going to make a new rule, then it goes there forward, which means the act that triggered it doesn't count. If the act that triggered it counts, that means we can go backwards. We're going all the way backwards. Pick your poison. Whatever we do, I need you to understand we're going to have one rule. That's it. And that's what we should want for the nation. That's the nation that we've learned about as children. And this is the narrative that we needed when Twitter exploded. Yeah. This is a narrative right. that we needed. And I'm glad that you brought that up. And I'm glad that you checked my statement when uh, I addressed Arturo Dominguez, because what that does is it, it lays a reason for the plan. And, and that's what I like to do. I mean, whenever you, you check something, you want to go out there and put it out there. Now, um, last, last thing, uh, Ms. Pugh, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? What's a great way for the, the Academy to wrap this up, right? And um, I thought about that a lot. It's not my place to grow the rule. I'm not a neophyte on the issue, so I'm not just jumping in. But I, I, I do think that the academy is facing an extraordinary opportunity to do right and to teach, right? And by that, I mean, let's stop right now. Um, the academy issued a, a statement back in, back after, uh, Adam Kimmel. Adam Kimmel was also ejected from the Academy for Sexual Impropriety, Harvey Weinstein. The Academy issued a statement then, and it said, and I'm going to read it, the Academy has a stated policy against abusive and indecent behavior. This was pu published in Variety. It was published in Variety. The Academy had a policy against, against abusive and indecent behavior. It takes all matters involving harassment, assault, or misconduct very seriously. That was years ago that it said it, long before this, right? The Academy hasn't actually done that, as we know. The Academy went on to say that we have an honor system. We rely on the integrity of members and blah, 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 blah. But what we do know about the Academy is it has only 
responded when folks have been outed. It has not proactively responded to anyone. And this would be another one with Will Smith. But this is a great opportunity for the Academy to go, yeah, I think we might be doing this wrong, number one. Number two, this is an awesome opportunity for the Academy to evolve up, right? To raise the ceiling and not raise the floor. And by that, I mean, you know, Will Smith is, is one of the things that I love about him. I think he needs to do it a little better, a little more, more sincerely is that he's really big on self-reflection and introspection. Now, anybody can get up and pop somebody in the, sta- in the face on stage, knowing what he knows about the world and media is really not doing his self-work, right? But he does like that to move that muscle. This is a great time to say, hold on for one sec. We've got a whole group of folks and by that, I mean specifically Black men, because Black women aren't having it for ourselves. But Black men are the one group in the country who, you know, everyone else that gets to be stopped by the police, right? To an extent, um, Black women, but without exception, Black men, the police get to be trained. They're trained in their arm, but they get to react out of fear. I shot you because I was afraid I was safe. As a Black man, you're a civilian. You have not been trained, but you must, you must compose yourself with the kind of, of, of self-control we would like an armed trained person to have, but doesn't. And so there is no safe way for Black men to feel, to fail, to cry, to, to need mental health, to fall over, any of those things. This is a great time to say, hey, you know what? It might be cool to bring together, I don't know, 50 of your best friends, go out to an island, go out with some therapists, go out with some cameras, stay out there for an hour and have a retreat, man, and see what we can do with the, this moment. And, and the Academy could very well say, I'd love to be a part of that, right? Because um, you've already taken the consequence that we would take, but we, we want more than just to smack you on the hand. We want good people. They could, the Academy could stop and go, oh gosh, we don't really have a policy about getting drunk before the show you know, about bringing alcohol to the show or, or whatever it is. They could, they could look at those things. They could move proactively and in, in a way to say, we want to do better going forward. We want to address what happened and we want to address our lack of addressing, period. And so I'd like to see, you know, I think that'd be great for Smith too. I mean, he doesn't need to be at the red table. I think he needs to be out somewhere with a bunch of brothers and they need to be having that, this, this conversation about what do you do when you're pissed? You know, that kind of thing. Um, I'd like to see, all we're talking about is we're angry at Smith. We're angry, you know, he's let us down and, and Chris was great and blah, blah, blah. Well, how do we get out of this? How do we get out of this in a way that's not brand new in a way where, where we're discovering bad behavior? How do we get out of this in a way that we're discovering people, the, the, the fallible nature of people, and to get and do we still want to be contributors to, to the greatness of the nation? That's what I'd like to figure out. That's what I'd like to have these conversations. What's the wildest thing we could do to move this, right? We'd be talking about something else. If the Academy came out and said, right now, that was the craziest stuff I've ever seen. I've never seen anything that crazy. I tell you what. I have this, this anger management person and these 16 people. I'd love to see you guys work this up. I'd love to see something real. 
we'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about the slap. We wouldn't, we don't have to be. And I don't think we should be. I think we can do better. Catherine Pugh, an American author and attorney. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Mm, my thanks go to you because these are conversations that we need to be having in a lot broader way. So kudos to you for stopping and going, hold on, can we be missing something? Let's talk about it. So thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.